Alright, we are off and running on a too early top 25 edition of What's the Spread. Welcome in, Miles on Sports here, Mr. Brad Thomas. It is that time of year, a little later than we normally do this, but yes. the calendar has turned to March, spring training is underway, we got the World Baseball Classic, we got golf, we got March Madness coming up, but college football is right around the corner, spring practices right around the corner. Can't wait to get into this with you, 25 through 11 today. This is going to be fun. Um, what's crazy is, I don't know if you did this intentionally, but we have the NFL draft combine taking place too. And so it's like kind of like, you know, when I watch these guys go through the combine, I always think about what these college football teams miss or what they're losing, what they have to replace. Because there's guys that we, you know, don't really talk about that often during the college football season. And then you see them show out at the combine and you're like, wow, they actually kind of were a really big piece to the puzzle. So I'm excited to go through this. Uh, this year probably felt like the hardest year that we've done this. That could be a little bit because of the transfer portal, a little bit more parity. Like, I feel like this year we had a lot of teams who had five and six losses just bundled up in that 11 through 19 range. Yeah, a lot of additions, a lot of departures. And yeah. for me, and, and I say this every year, but a lot of this is, yes, previous success and the previous year's success and going into the season will play a part in that. But I also like to think about this from a program and culture perspective. Who do I trust? Who yes. do I trust going into 2023? Uh, because, like you said, there are a lot of question marks going into this season, especially with the top, even the top, the top five. Yeah. A lot of new quarterbacks uh, we're going to see around the country, but it's who do you trust? Yep, I, I totally agree. Uh, kick it off for us, Miles. All right, number 25. Uh, now, I did have some honorable mentions here. I could have put Iowa in this spot uh, with Cade McNamara uh, coming in. I could have put UTSA in this spot uh, with Frank Harris coming back. I also had my eye on Duke. I was pretty impressed with the way they ended last season. But my number 25 is going to be Wisconsin. And the only reason that Wisconsin is going to be at my 20, 25 is because of Luke Fickle. I think yeah. Luke Fickle is an elite, an elite head football coach. And I think that this is really going to be his opportunity to show that he belongs in that top echelon of college football coaching. It's one thing to do it at a group of five, Cincinnati, even though it was a high-profile group of five program, he got them yep. to the playoff. Wisconsin, if you, if, if you know Wisconsin like, like I do from the Big Ten, been watching them for over 20 years, Wisconsin lost their identity under Paul Christ. It was time for a change. I think Fickle is the guy to get it right. Uh, I got Wisconsin right here at number 25. They're going to be much more competitive this year. Yeah, Wisconsin was on my uh, honorable mention, same with UTSA. It was tough to keep Wisconsin out because, you know, Braylon Allen and Luke Fickle combination, he'll know how to utilize the back a little bit more effectively. But ultimately, I went with Arkansas. Um, losing Drew Sanders is really going to hurt. But being able to have K.J. Jefferson back, being able to have the running game back, I think that Arkansas is kind of teetering between making that next step or going back to being the team that kind of everyone forgot about, um, like, and it's one of those weird situations where this is a pivotal year. You get KJ Jefferson back. If he makes that next stride, you're going to have to have the defense behind him to give them a championship caliber team. I gave them a uh, 25th spot over Wisconsin just because of the stability at quarterback. Well, how about right off the bat here? I put in an extra Big Ten team. You put in an extra SEC team. You wouldn't have it <laughs> yeah. any other way. All right, let's go ahead to number 24. Uh, I almost left the group of five out of my top 25 altogether, but – this is the spot that I have to lay in my only group of five team in the top 25. I could not ignore what they were able to do last year. One of the most epic turnarounds that we've ever seen. They had big wins over Kansas State and USC to end the year. 
Somehow they didn't lose Willie Fritz at head coach. Michael yeah. Pratt coming back at QB. They're coming off a 12-win season. And the American loses Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston. Watch out for Tulane to have another big year. Yeah, I only had one G5 school in there. It is Tulane. They're a little bit higher on mine, and I'll get into that later. This is where I had Iowa. Uh, it was tough for me because I feel like I rate Iowa pretty high every single year. This is, might be the lowest that I've had them. They lose so much on defense, right? But getting Kate McNamara seems pretty exciting. They're going to have to do something different defensively. I mean, excuse me, offensively, because their defense is not going to be as good as it was last year. And if you're taking a step back defensively because they have so many pieces to replace, you got to count on some kind of positive uh, regression on your offense. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I have them at 24. Go ahead and give me your yeah. number 23. Well, this goes back to who you trust, right? Coming back yep. to Iowa for a second, because, yes, Iowa, one of the worst offenses that we've really probably ever seen in college football last year, and they still won eight games. <laughs> they still almost won the Big Ten West because yep. they play elite defense and elite special teams. They only need to put together a little bit of that offense. I think McNamara is a sneaky good ad yeah. for that Iowa program. So I've got my eyes on them as well. All right, number 23, this is where I've got UCLA. And I'll tell you something, Brad. I showed a lot of love to the Pac-12 probably the most I've ever done. And especially the fact that the Pac-12 has gotten rid of divisions, I think it opens it up for really the top programs in the conference to shine. I've got UCLA here, even though they lose DTR, even though they lose Zach Charbonnet, they made a breakthrough with Chip Kelly last year. They landed a big-time recruit and five-star quarterback, Dante Moore. I think UCLA can still keep the consistency and keep a competitive edge. I wanted to put UCLA in my top 25. Ultimately, I didn't. It's, it, you know, coming with a new quarterback. We'll see how uh, Chip Kelly performs. They also lost Jake Bobo, which was another big loss for me. Uh, surprisingly, UCLA lost their starting running back and their backup running back, which just feels like I don't know if Chip Kelly is that caliber coach to replace that kind of production. Um, I went with Texas Tech. Texas Tech returning a ton of defensive starters. And why that is important is because we know they notoriously don't play defense. And, and that league doesn't play defense all that all that well, right? So if you can get any advantage by having more of a senior presence, more of the guys who are coming back, juniors who could have went for the draft, you're going to have a little bit of upper hand. I think this team, you know, they what, went 8-5 and five last season. They had some games where they proved that they were dynamite, dynamite teams, right? Um, what, when they beat Ole Miss was probably like number one off my mind. Then they had some games where you were like, ah, they might not be a top 25 team. And, uh, you know, I, I will see what happens with this team. I think we're going to see a lot of situations where Texas Tech is going to be undervalued, right? And this is where we're going to get spots during the season where we can bet them as dogs and they will cover the spreads because they'll be like seven and a half point dogs. I like Texas Tech. I've got them a few spots higher uh, nice. in, in my rankings here. I've got my eye on this program. Joey McGuire was definitely the right hire. They're trending in the yes. right direction. They beat Oklahoma and Texas in the same season last year, uh, which never happens in Lubbock. Uh, you mentioned the returning starters on defense. They also have nine returning starters on offense. Yep. And quarterback Tyler Shaw, old friend alert in quarterback Tyler <laughs> Shaw from Oregon, really yeah. has them moving in the right direction. So. That's a team for me to keep an eye on, especially considering the fact that I think the Big 12 is wide open, wide. especially this wide new open. look Big 12. All right. My number 22, let's stay in the Big 12. I didn't want to do it, man. I really didn't. But this is where I've got Texas. And it's not even like Texas is coming off a losing season. That's yeah. the thing. <laughs> Texas is coming off an eight and five year, and they were six and three in the conference. It's just that they're not meeting the 
high expectations that Texas demands, and especially with Steve Sarkeesian, they want 10 win seasons. They want championships. I get it. But there's a lot to like about this Texas team, especially with the most entertaining quarterback battle in the country, hands down, Quinn Ewers versus Arch Manning. What's going to happen? Who's going to win the battle? Two just premier quarterback recruits, both vying for a spot. Uh, I can't wait to put my uh, to put my eyes on it. Will Texas just have another eight win season? Maybe, um, but I I do expect them to get a big win or two. Uh, I actually have Texas a little bit higher, um, and I'm going to touch on them for a second. I wanted to bring Texas a lot higher than where I had them ranked. I wanted to bring I wanted to bring them like around 14, and a lot of that had to do with you know Texas lost every game they lost was by less than a touchdown. If you if one or two things go you know your way uh, in, in that span. In those five games, you look at you're looking at an eleven and three team, like I mean eleven and uh, two team. You're, you're thinking about the possibility of playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. They are losing Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. We cannot talk about how impactful that is because everyone hears the name Bijan Robinson and they forget that he had a guy behind him, Roshan Johnson, who's going to get drafted in the NFL, who is also a beast. That makes life a little bit easier. We talked about what happens when teams make. Um, excuse me, when team makes Quinn Ewers put the ball in his hand, he struggled last year. I'm excited for the QB battle. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm going to go directly into my number 22. This is where I have UNC. Year in and year out, I think we're just going to have the UNC hype train. I'm not buying it. Yeah. This is probably lower than most people would want to rate UNC. Um, Heisman, uh, you know, hopeful. Drake may played great, but that defense played awful. He's also losing Josh Downs, which I thought was a big loss for them. We'll see what happens. You know, like you have a guy like Gene Chizik who hung his hat on how good he was defensively. But every time I wanted to watch or bet a UNC game, it was because I was taking a, an over. It wasn't because I, I thought that, that the Tar Heels were going to cover the spread or that they were going to shut a team down. No, it was because it was going to be a high-flying over game. Um, so, yeah, I, I have them sitting there at 22. Yeah, I've got North Carolina on, on my list as well, a couple spots higher. Uh, and, yes, the defense was awful last year. It can't get much worse this year. But they've got elite quarterback play. They've got a guy in Drake May who's probably going to be a top-five pick in the NFL draft yeah. next year. There's a lot to be said for that. It can fix a lot of your problems in college football. I think we're going to see that again. North Carolina at 9-5 and five last year. I think that they could win 10 games just because of how talented Drake May is. Yep. All right, I'll go into my number 21. That's where I've got Ole Miss who I feel like is very similar to Texas uh, in that I seem to have them in my top 25 every year, but hear me out. Hot start last year. I know that it was an absolute train wreck down the stretch, but Ole Miss can score points and yep. Ole Miss can run the damn ball. This offense averaged 33, 33.5 points per game last year. Uh, somehow didn't lose Lane Kiffin to Auburn. He decides to stay in Ole Miss. I think that gives him a little bit of stability. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins returning, who just had a monster year monster. on the ground, over 1,500 yards, 16 touchdowns. The defense has to improve. They got to get better quarterback play. But I think Ole Miss can still make some noise in the SEC. That's exactly where I have Ole Miss as well at number 21. I'm excited to see the quarterback battle. I You don't think that a guy like Sanders goes to Ole Miss without thinking he has a chance to win the starting job. But, I mean, outside of Jackson Dart and not taking care of the ball, where do you find any flaws? And bringing uh, Judkins back, like, I mean, was he a freshman, right? Yeah, so he had to come back. But having Judkins come back for the next year was massive. Um, this dude is a beast. Uh, it also going to mask like losing guys like Mingo, 
I'm going to miss betting Mingo over props because the books always set him at 50, which was way too low. Uh, but I feel like it's a, face, uh, a fair place right here. I'm going to go straight into my number 20 pick. And this was a tough one for me because I didn't, I didn't really know how to rate this team. Uh, and I think that I could have went lower. could have went higher. That's Kansas state 10 and four last season. They played probably the best season that I've seen them play. And people want to talk about them losing Deuce Vaughn. I think Deuce Vaughn will be uh, replaceable. People want to talk about Adrian Martinez, but it wasn't Adrian Martinez who really excited me. It was Will Howard. And I remember when Will Howard took over the starting job when Martinez got hurt, I doubted him. And I, anytime a quarterback starts, you know, starting for the first time in the season, I always go back and watch their film. But it was the things that, you know, the small things that he did that made them a good team. Pick up, pick up uh, key first downs with his legs. Make the smart play. Don't force passes. It's not the quarterback doesn't have to make every pass on the field. So I, I thought he would, you know, he could lead them to another maybe nine and five, eight and five season. For my, for my number twenty, I, this is where I've got Texas Tech uh, again. Nice. Joe McGuire, like the direction they're going. But touching on Kansas State for a second, because I think Joe McGuire at Tech, Chris Kleiman at Kansas State, these are a couple of programs on the rise here. This, yeah. this Kansas State team has a great coach. They have a really good culture. And like you said, I like Will Howard. I've got these guys um, on my list as well, a few spots up. The defense, man, they play great defense, only giving up 21.9 points per game last year. That is a uh, consistent approach on the defensive side of the ball for Chris Kleiman, and he brought that with him from the FCS. Uh, So I like what Kansas State is doing. They're coming off a 10-win season. Yes. Great season for Kansas State. All right, I'll go into my number 19 here. I didn't know whether to have this team – completely unranked or whether to have them higher. And that is the Oregon state Beavers. Some more love from me from the PAC 12, Jonathan Smith and what he has done at Oregon state very quietly. Overall, this is one of the most improved programs in the country from where I've seen them growing up from where they were just a couple of years ago. And absolutely out of nowhere, we've got a 10 win Oregon state team in a very competitive PAC 12 because they play great defense and they can run the football. What are they missing? Quarterback play. Don't sleep on DJ Uyunglele transferring from Clemson. Fresh start. He's got the experience. Doesn't have to do too much. The, yep. the lights are off of him. For the first time in his career, the lights are gone. The pressure is off. I think he can settle in, do his thing, and Oregon State's going to be a very dangerous team in that Pac-12. I have Oregon State a little bit higher. Uh and I love that you said, what were they missing quarterback play? I think uh, DJU has an opportunity here to play some quality Pac-12 after dark. Yeah, you said it. Lights are going to be off. No one's going to be monitoring. This team proved that you can play very good defense in the Pac-12 and be successful. Everyone says you have to have this high-flying offense. No, they ran the ball well. And now they're going to bring in a former five-star quarterback who I think will play exceptional in the Pac-12. Like if we think quarterbacks like DTR – um, you know, we're great quarterbacks in the Pac-12. Just think of – I consider a DJU like a more physical DTR. Yeah. Like it, it's – I feel like it's going to fit just like a glove. Um, I'm going to go directly into my 19, and that's where I have Oklahoma. I could have unranked Oklahoma, but I just think in year two of Venables, they're going to be so much better defensively. Like it's kind of when you think about teams that are just that god-awful defensively, they don't play tough. They're losing Eric Gray on offense. You just think there's so many issues, but Venables didn't have a chance to bring in his guys. He didn't have a chance to bring in the quality recruits that he wants. It might not click this year, maybe the year after, but it's going to click eventually if he's a good enough coach. And more importantly, Dylan Gabriel, 
you know, man, even in that, but when I watch him play, like he has about 75% of the game where he is a Heisman contending quarterback, but that's that 25% yes. is where he loses the game. It's not, it makes the other team closer. He loses that game. If he can take another step forward, if he could get out of his own way, I, I think this uh, Oklahoma team has a chance to compete for the title. Not the national. I championship, love what you just said. Conference championship. That was a great analysis of Dylan Gabriel because you know I love me some DG. We've been watching yes. him since he was at UCF, and he had the same problems at UCF. He yeah. he he would look great, exceptional for seventy five percent of the game, and it doesn't matter where it was. Yeah, he could have been off in the first quarter. He could have been off in the fourth quarter. It's not like he couldn't finish or couldn't start games. It was exactly every single week with him. And he's got the talent. We know he can put it together. I had very high expectations for him in Oklahoma. Um, I still think he's got it in him. I don't have Oklahoma on my top 25, but I, I hope I come to regret it. Um, I, I hope that he has a big year. And because of the brand, you've always got to watch out for those guys. Yeah, it's crazy you say we, we, we put the guys on here that we trust. I was like, if I put Oklahoma on my, on my rankings, I'm really putting them ahead of Kansas State. Ole Miss, UNC, Texas Tech. That just means I just have trust in the helmet, and we'll see what happens this season. Yeah, yeah, no problem with that. All right, uh, my number eight team. This is where I've got North Carolina. Uh, got them a little, probably a little bit higher than I wanted to, but they've at least been consistent enough to be a player in the ACC. I still think Clemson is the king of the ACC, but North Carolina with a six and two conference record last year. Like I said, they got Drake May coming back. They've got to figure out the defense. I don't think they will. By the way. <laughs> which is why they're ranked so low and which is why they're, they're not a top 10 team because they can't figure out that side of the ball, but they continue to score points. That's going to be enough for the ACC and they could win 10 games this year. Yeah. This is where I have Tulane. Uh, yeah. I had Tulane here and I have to give them the, you know, their kudos. I think they have a chance to win the American year after year after year, Michael Pratt coming back. I don't want to talk about the same points as you. I was a little, uh, I was a little bummed. You know, they're losing uh, Deuce Watts, Tajay Spears, was absolutely phenomenal defensively they're losing a lot of lot of talent but i think in a weaker in a weaker uh a american conference they have a chance to i mean if they go seven and one eight no in conference they're gonna put up a great schedule it's not like their non-conference schedules is is very difficult so yeah give me Tulane in this position i think i think we're gonna see Tulane is gonna turn into that next cincinnati where they're going to flirt with – I mean, as long as they keep Willie Fritz, right? As long as they keep Willie Fritz, yeah. they're going to flirt with that, hey, are we going to be New Year's Six team? Hey, are we going to be uh, you know, flirting with the, the the college football playoff? Yeah, I'll tell you, man, it's interesting, and we'll talk more about this in our Big 12 episode next week, but with, with Cincinnati and UCF leaving the ranks of the group of five, it opens up a lot of opportunities for these other group of five programs to take uh, – you know, to, to rise up the ranks, to take yep. over, to find their brand recognition because – Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, uh, they're now among the ranks of the Power Five, so they're going to be held to a higher standard. Hope they're ready yeah. for it. Yeah. It's the it's big time, intense. baby. It's going to be right, intense so for sure. For my number 17, I think this may be a surprise. I've got South Carolina as my number 17 team in the country. I've got my eyes on them. And, and let me tell you something, Brett. I don't like to focus a lot on the way that a team ended a season. In particularly – a team that has been a recently mediocre program having a strong end to the season because I don't think that necessarily carries over into the next. However, yeah. South Carolina has my attention. They caught my eye. It was a really strong end to their season. Spencer Rattler looked like the guy 
that he lost or he lost himself a little bit towards the end there at Oklahoma. He's regaining his form, wins over Tennessee and Clemson to close out the year. Almost had another one against Notre Dame there at the end. Um, I've got my eyes on these guys as a sleeper in the SEC East. Week one game, North Carolina, South Carolina, hell of a matchup. I, uh, I had did not have South Carolina here, but I cannot fault you for having him in there. Spencer Rattler coming back. I didn't know what he was going to do. Transfer, um, you know, go to the draft, which I thought would have been a terrible idea. But him coming back was enough uh, for me to kind of be like, hats off. They played great. He's a quarterback who could put up 400 yards in a game uh, by the blink of an eye. This is where I have Oregon State. Um, we don't need to touch too much on them. So I can roll straight into Washington, um, who I have at number 15. I probably could have had Washington higher, but – there were just times when I was watching Washington last season and their defense was just awful, right? Like they bring in DeBoer and I know their offense was going to be better, right? Michael Penix was amazing. And Michael Penix yeah. comes back for another season. But God, years and years of hanging your hats on playing really good defense just went out of the window. And I and, and I know we're, we're starting to cut the margins thin because this is an eleven and two team, a team that was seven and two in the Pac twelve. I'm really, really, really grasping at straws to kind of find knocks on them. But this is the reason why they didn't crack my top ten is defense. But man, if you guys don't go ahead and run to the window and put a little bit of money on Michael Penix to win the Heisman, you guys are doing it wrong. Yeah, I like Washington. I might have to talk about Washington next episode. Uh, <laughs> but because of that man, Michael Penix Jr., uh, I'm really high on Washington as well. I think he's definitely a dark horse Heisman candidate. I think the hype is real, especially, like you said, with Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix, match made in heaven. They get to yep. do it for another season. And go back to our pre uh, preseason previews last year. If anybody watched Michael Penix in the 2020 COVID year play for Indiana, you knew he was going to ball out in Washington. And oh, he yeah. sure did. And I cannot wait to consistently bet Michael Penick's overs um, going into this season. All right, my number 16 was Kansas State. Already touched on them. I'll roll into 15. This is where I've got TCU. And Ooh, I purposely okay. put TCU right in the middle at number 15 because that's, that's where I feel comfortable it. doing it. I mean, listen, we know the TCU story by now. Even if you're a casual college football fan, you know the TCU story by now. Uh, wow. I mean, what they did last year is unprecedented. And now it's going to be, is that a model to base your program off of? Retool in the transfer portal. They got a new coach in Sonny, or new head coach in Sonny Dykes, who I think is very talented. But trust. I do not trust TCU to repeat their success from last year. I don't. <laughs> I'm not saying that they're going to have a backside or I'm not saying that they're going to be a six-win team. But especially with a new Big 12 breath. And with yeah. Oklahoma and Texas still hanging around, and, and they're still the big boys in the Big 12, and you got UCF coming in, you got Cincinnati coming in, you got Kansas State right there. I just don't think TCU is going to be able to replicate an undefeated or close to an undefeated conference schedule like they had last year. No, I agree. Um, I have TCU not too many spots higher. Um, and for me, it was, my God, listen, they are going to have a first-round draft pick in Quentin Johnson leaving. They have Kendra Miller leaving. They have Max Duggan leaving. There is a reason why Max Duggan was playing over Chandler Morris. It was because he uh -huh. was a better quarterback than him. Now they're going to have to – I thought they for sure were going to go grab a big name out of the portal. But Sonny Dykes believes in this team. And we talked about this year, week, 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 week after week. TCU had more than 50% of their games where they had a post-game win expectancy of less than 50%. 
that means they should have not they 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 out they out exceeded their stats out exceeded the play on their field um so it's hard to replicate success like that i mean it's gonna be tough how did they like, beat michigan how did they know. beat michigan how did michigan lose i i, I still i mean brad this, this is keeping me up at night it is i can't i don't i don't get it that tcu georgia game was just an absolute disastrous debacle to end our college football season with how they got there, I will never understand. I'll never the understand. The moment was too big. The moment was too big. I'll go to my number 14 team. This is where I have Utah. I, I don't think that Utah has any reason to be higher or lower. Uh, but Cam Rising's coming back for what, eight year, eight, 85? Um, and he is, yeah. <laughs> Cam Rising is the heartbeat of this team. Um, but more importantly, Kyle Whittingham has proven that he is a, such a great coach that, you know, every year they're going to be live to win the Pac-12. And defensively, they're returning a ton of starters, which means when they play against these teams like USC, it's okay that they can let USC go out to these leads and just play play all this fast and fun football because overtime defense wears you down. And then the offense is going to take over with short fields and score points. So I have the Pac-12 winners sitting here at 14. Yeah, I've got Utah pretty close too. And, you know, we we put we consistently put Utah in our preseason top 25s every year. Yeah. And they prove us right every single year. Who do you trust? Utah. Exactly. Back-to-back Pac-12 championships. Uh, even last year with Lincoln Riley coming into the league with Caleb Williams winning the Heisman and USC being the flashy program. Who wins? When it came down to it in the Pac-12 championship game, Utah, they yep. own this conference right now. You cannot deny that. Whittingham is one of the best coaches in the country. Their formula is working. And they are tough to beat towards the end of the season. They may slip up here and then uh, at, at the beginning. They lose in the swamp last year in week one. Utah and Florida will play again. Um, but they always end strong, and they come away with another conference championship. Cam Rising coming back. Love me some Utah football. But with my number 14, this is where I've got Oregon. Nice. Coincidentally, right behind Utah. Oregon, another one of those programs that really just can't seem to eclipse that next step. And it really started with that first game last year against Georgia, where that was the measuring stick, right? It may have been yeah. week one. It may have been in Atlanta. It may have been Dan Lanning's first game. It was a tall order, but it was still a measuring stick to can Oregon compete with the most talented teams in the country? They end up having a great season last year. I believe in Dan Lanning. I think he was the right hire. How is Bo Nix coming back? Dude scored 44 total touchdowns <laughs> last year. So, again, elite quarterback play. And, and there's a lot of it in this conference. But expect Oregon to be right back up there again um, with everybody that they got coming back. But Dan Lanning's got to figure out the defense. This is the yeah. thing. You're a defensive coach. you you got to figure this out. Oregon has historically and recently in the past decade played great defense. Great defense. And they run the ball and they're physical – where is that? Um, so Lanning's got to figure that out. Uh, I'll talk about this in our next episode, but Dan Lanning could be proving to be one of the guys who came in as a figurehead, kind of like Eric Benamy, uh in the Kansas City Chiefs, where it was uh, Kirby Smart who was calling the plays on defense. We'll see what happens there. This is where I have TCU. I don't need to get more into TCU, so go ahead and give me your number 12. Sure. Uh, this will be my number 13, uh, 13. is Utah. And again, already touched on them. I got Oregon 14. I got Utah 13. That's give, me, go ahead, give, that. give me one more. Okay. Number 12. Yes, please. Yeah. We're almost there, man. 
Number 12. Uh, this is where I've got Notre Dame. We'll talk about Notre Dame okay. for a second. Marcus Freeman. My my hat's off to Marcus Freeman, man. I mean, you you really could not have thought of a more disastrous start to a head coaching tenure for a young head coach taking over for a Brian Kelly, who is historically probably the best head coach record-wise anyway, uh, and most winningest coach in Notre Dame football history. You get Marcus Freeman coming in. You lose your first game to Ohio State in Columbus. You lose your next game to Marshall. They still find a way to finish the year 9-4. and four. And they got a guy coming in by the name of Sam Hartman. And you yeah. and I know Sam Hartman very well. You were lucky enough to watch him in person at one point last year. He's been around for a while. And listen, I'm not saying that Sam Hartman is the answer or that he's going to transcend Notre Dame to the next level. I think we know what Notre Dame is. By now, we should know what Notre Dame is as a program. They're probably an 8 or 9 win team. Um, but I have them high on this list because they consistently play that tough schedule. And I think Sam Hartman have a, has a lot of upside. He brings 13,000 passing yards with him, 110 touchdowns from Wake Forest. Um, but also don't count out Tyler Buckner, who threw for five touchdowns in the bowl yeah. over South Carolina. So we've got a quarterback battle here uh, in, in Notre Dame. It's Marcus Freeman's second year. Um, I think they're moving in the right direction. Uh, I'll touch on Notre Dame in a second. But first, I want to say, for my number 12, I have Clemson. Who would have thought – that we were doing a preseason ranking and Clemson would be outside of my top that, huh? 10. Clemson, they did great in the ACC, but we say this all season, the ACC is not what it used to be. And more importantly, Clemson is losing probably a guy who has a chance to be the number one defensive player taken in the NFL draft, and that's Miles Murphy. They're also losing Brian uh, Bracey, who it's not like Clemson that we remember in 2017. That 2017 season, or was it 2016-17 season, they lost a ton of defensive linemen. But right behind them was all five stars. And then the next season, they lost three more defensive linemen. And right behind them was a bunch of five stars. Dabo Sweeney is falling behind in recruiting. And, you know, he can have as much faith as he wants. But if you are not recruiting at a high level, you will fall behind, especially now when we got – uh, the NIL, especially now when we got the transfer portal the way it is. We'll see what Kay Klubik can do. I mean, I, I think they have another chance to win the ACC without really trying, but it's not about that for me. It's about how they look in their non-conference games, and I am worried for them. Yeah, see, I don't I don't disagree with you on Dabo Sweeney falling behind in recruiting, all that. Yes, um, this kind of goes right into my number 11. I've got Florida State at number 11, which puts Clemson in my top 10. And here's the thing with the ACC. Clemson is still the king of the ACC. 100%. Uh, they still rolled through their conference schedule. Uh, they they really had to – I know we just talked highly of DJ Uyunglele, but that that just wasn't working, right? It, <laughs> yeah. it was a divorce that had to happen. I can be high on DJ, but also be high on the fact that Clemson lost DJ um, because I think it was time for them to turn it over. I think Kate Klubnik is ready for that. Didn't look great in the Orange Bowl. Got severely outplayed by veteran yeah. Joe Milton – in that game, but I think we're going to see great things from Kate Klubnik. Um, I think they're losing a little bit on defense, as you said, but Clemson's still the king, which leads me to Florida State. I'm not hopping on this Florida State train just yet, <laughs> and I, I don't discount anybody who is, but I've seen Florida State ranked as high as in the top five. I saw I mean, crazy, crazy. I, it's just let's let's pump the brakes a little bit on the Florida State hype train. They still lost to Clemson. They had a lot of bad losses early in the year, and, and, and they – they may have ended really strong, and I do think Florida State is going in the right direction. But this if this brings up another question from a program perspective. Mike Norvell, who I really like and I was really high on coming from Memphis, he's working the transfer portal. 
And for some programs, it works. For some, it doesn't. Is it sustainable? That's what I don't know. They got Jordan Travis coming back. I really like that for them. Uh, again, I think that when you see them on the field, they like playing for Mike Norvell. They're moving in the right direction. Uh, they started the, the year with that huge win over LSU, Florida State and LSU in Orlando uh, this year as well. Cannot so, wait. Can't hell wait. Of a game. <laughs> hell of a game. Um, but I'm going to see how they play in that game. <laughs> Before I go putting Florida State <laughs> Miles, I I'm, I don't want to go on a tangent, but there are people who are telling me Jordan Travis should be the Heisman favorite. I Okay, I, I do have Florida in my top 10, but not very high up on my top 10. I have Notre Dame at number 11. Sure, there you go. I'm excited for Hartman to come. Um, year two, Marcus Freeman. And this was a Notre Dame team who looked like they could have packed it in for the season. Uh, they, they finished 9-4. and four. Uh, showed a lot of grit, and I think a lot of that has to do with the coaching, uh, the coach behind them. Uh, I'm excited for their season. They do have a tough schedule, like they always do, but I, I don't know. I, I think that like Brian Kelly kind of prepared them for having a tough schedule because when you have a very tough schedule, it's not the hard games that you have to worry about. It's the let-up games, like Marshall. Like you, you just play through this rigorous schedule, then boom, we play Marshall. Boom, we play, we play James Madison. I'm just using an example. You have to be ready to play those games. So that rounds out my top 25 through 11. And if I could do one more thought on Notre Dame, going back to Marcus Freeman, and like you said, could have packed it in for the year. And it, yeah. I think it speaks a lot, especially to a rookie head coach. Yes, It speaks so much to the fact that his team could have quit on him. His team could have quit playing, stop, uh, just completely packed in the season. And they didn't. Yeah. And that speaks to the leadership and the coaching, and the fact that I think Notre Dame's got the right guy. And if you win in South Bend, they will keep you. You yeah. don't have to win championships. Brian Kelly proved that. He wasn't <laughs> winning championships. I think yeah. they do have the right guy, though, in Marcus Freeman. He's really young, and I think that if they stick with him. Notre Dame is a end-of-career job, right? Like, Marcus yeah. Freeman could be in this job for 30 years because yeah. he's Notre Dame right now. He, he could move like Brian Kelly did, but... I think they think that they might have the right guy here. I, I'm I'm pulling for him, even though Ohio State's playing them, and they won't be beating us in South Bend this year. But I think big things, really good things, are uh, in their future. Yeah, I agree, uh, guys. Listen, thank you so much for joining What's the Spread and listening to our top 25 through 11. If you're listening to the podcast, we'll be sure to rate and subscribe. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, press the like, press the little bell notification, so you know that we are live and having episodes. Take care.